chicken and the roasting. Yeah, that's what we do. Set them up, knock them down. Make that cherry glow. Whiskey and cigars, the gentleman's cologne. Cheers, y'all. party ladies and gentlemen welcome my friends my neighbors and my countrymen and those of you who live in other countries as well uh welcome to this fine radio program podcast and video extravaganza known internationally as the world famous smoking and toasting we're on show number 369 i turn to my partner ian to uh do the quick math i'm I'm adding it up here if you take it divided by three and carry the two that is um the halfway point to 400 very good we're excited about getting there our uh program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And on today's show, we're going to talk about a number of different things, but specifically, and our title for the episode, is The Life Expectancy of the Liquor on Your Shelf. It depends on how good the liquor is. <laughs> You're I, think, right. I think it has a lot to yeah. do with it, really. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, uh, yeah I'm, the Eagle Rare didn't live there yeah, very was, long, did it? I was just <laughs> thinking about that. Its life expectancy was not very good. It really wasn't. Oh, man, that was that was just such a great bottle, too. Yeah. And, and you know, while, while an incredible gift, it's not like it was a great bottle because it was super expensive. No. It was a great, a great bottle, bottle because it's... Rare, eagle yeah. rare. Yeah, yeah, it's a little harder. To, it's, it's allocated, so it's a little harder to get your hands on. But once you do, and it's not a terrible. It's, it's a thirty-five dollar bottle. Yeah, and uh, at that price, you know, it's just maybe wildly amazing. Like so good, so good. By the way, speaking of prices of bottles, I was uh, at my favorite specs uh, this last week, restocking on a few things that I needed. One of which was, as you know, my wife is a big fan of the Plantation Rum, mm-hmm. and as am I as well. And you and I have spent some time talking with our friend Greg Duxakis yes. from Plantation Rum about the fact that um, we can't believe how affordable some of their yeah. amazing rums are. Yeah, the Isle of Fiji is so outrageous. I'd like to make a pact with you today. That we never do that again. Uh oh, what happened? Isle of Fiji has now gone up. It used to be twenty six ninety nine. It is now thirty ninety nine. Ooh. Uh. And at that price, by the way, I am still still good. happy to buy it. But we must stop telling docs that we can't believe how affordable <laughs> their rums are. <laughs> never again. Never again will we do that. So, um, and and maybe you know, it's one of those things like. You ever like discover something that's really, really good and really well priced, and you almost don't want to tell anybody else because right. you're afraid they'll buy it all out, and yeah. then you won't be able to find it. That's kind of kind of how I feel about. I feel like we were responsible for that rate hike in Plantation Isle of Fiji. Yeah, had, to be, uh, had and, to be us. And now they're changing their name too. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, <clears throat> Docs, if you're listening, don't listen to us anymore. Yes. Not that you probably did, but don't listen to us anymore. Uh, Anyway, we'll talk about the life expectancy of the liquor on your shelf on today's program. We'll do some uh, interesting tastings, including uh, our mystery beverage, which we're changing the name of that segment. I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, But we'll also be tasting some what I think are going to be very interesting beers from Paradigm Brewing Company in Tombal, Texas, Mm -hmm. right up the street from us here. Paradigm's been crushing it. We'll be trying their Moro, M-O-R-O, which sounds like 
someplace the Hobbit would go. Moro Pilsner with blood orange flavor. Ooh. Now, we've had uh, from Revolver Brewing their blood orange, their blood blood orange honey, but I yeah. believe it's not a Pilsner. I believe it's an ale. So right, this there, well, the blood and honey ale, yeah, it was yeah. the... Uh, was there all rolled? So, so this would be this would be very interesting. They to, also had a coconut pilsner as yeah, well. Yeah, uh, uh, paradigm does. At paradigm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this will be interesting. I'm looking forward to this one uh, from a brewery that's kind of a go-to for us when we're looking for something a little offbeat and interesting. Prairie Artisan Ales, oh, yeah. out of McAllister, Oklahoma. A lot of times we try their stouts and their porters, and today we'll be trying something called Lemon Slice. It's a sour ale with lemon zest, lemon juice, and vanilla. Uh, you remember uh, um, a month or so ago we had that Super Pistache Brothers? Yes, that was so good. I, I bought another one. Yeah, and another one, and it's they're just so as good, expensive. Right? Yeah, and they're so good. <laughs> I so know amazing. it really is. Well, uh, we haven't had a sour on the show in a long time, so That's I thought true. this would That's be true. would be uh, fun to do. And I know. I know there are people who will never drink sours, but there are some fans that like it, so we should address that. Every I'm, I'm a sour ale fan. Yeah, yeah. And then from Sierra Nevada, their 2024 Bigfoot. Ooh. It is a barley wine style ale from Sierra Nevada. It's an American style barley wine. I'm not always a fan. I uh, I don't know for sure. We'll have to taste it to see. We'll see. I think we've had, I want to say we've had some of the previous year iterations mm-hmm. of Bigfoot. So we'll have to taste it and see. But the one thing that I will ask you to remember when we get to that is this is not a barley wine that I paid, you know, upwards of $40 correct, for in correct. a in a one bottle uh the way that is sometimes the case. This uh-huh. is a barley wine you can buy a six pack of. Mm-hmm. And I think it's still around, you know, 20 bucks, but that's still not Yeah, but it's a much bigger for beer the six as well. Pack. Right. Yeah. So anyway, we'll <clears throat> we'll get to all of that. We will uh uh be bringing you today A special drinking news report. Where are, and we'll tell you, the drunkest fans in the NFL? You know, Super Bowl was this last month. And uh, it does kind of make you wonder, what state or what team has the drunkest fans in the NFL? Apparently, someone has done an investigation, and we'll be sharing that with you on the program today. And then, of course, we'll be bringing you... Today's episode of Drinking News, our most popular feature on the program for completely unexplainable reasons. Uh, and today's Why? today's Drinking News teaser headline for you is Doing Crime Where the Sun Don't Shine. Oh. <laughs> so we'll get to that. You know, <laughs> when we get a laugh out of just the teaser headline, I figure it's going to be a pretty good drinking news. Sometimes I can get an idea from the headline, but this one I'm yeah. really lost on. Yeah. I'm really I figured, lost I figured on. you guys were just tickled by the, the sound of the new strings on my unit. Yeah, it sounds pretty yes. good. And I'll just say, Terry, you being lost on this one is a really good thing. You'll you'll see what I mean once we get to today's drinking news. So uh, that's something I know about that you guys don't. And there's one other thing that I know about that you guys don't. And that is what we've been calling the mystery beverage. The but mystery as of, beverage. But as of today, on show number 369 of Smoking and Toasting, we're officially renaming the mystery bev to the beverage of mystery. Just because it sounds cooler and sounds like we were talking about this before the show, sounds kind of like a Scooby Doo episode, yeah. like Scooby Doo and the beverage of mystery, right? <laughs> and the beverage of mystery. Yeah. So the mystery beverage, or now the beverage of mystery, is where we bring uh, one of or us the will bomb, bring, yeah, for sure. One of us will bring on a uh, beverage that we're the only one who knows what it is. So we kind of taste it sight unseen. 
for the others taste it sight unseen and we make our judgments about it and uh, and our predictions about it uh, as uh, as we're prone to do on any of the beverages but this time without knowing what it actually is and then there will be the reveal where we tell you what the mystery beverage or now the beverage of mystery actually the bomb. is i like you know, beverage yeah. of mystery, beverage just gonna mystery. Calling, i'm just gonna keep calling it the bomb, bomb. The bomb. beverage yeah. of mystery i don't know whether this will be the this, bomb or not smells now, like have to Coca-Cola. Try. no you know what it smells like i have an exact it smells exactly like bottle caps the candy the root oh my beer gosh, the, the root, root beer, beer bottle version caps. of bottle cap you know, that's exactly what it smells like i don't know if anyone under i get, I get the cola smell right off the top really? i don't know if anyone under 30 knows what bottle caps <laughs> even are i mean is that still a thing <laughs> yeah there's still out oh, there yeah okay. they're no, still it's in the definitely store root yeah. beer it's uh, this yeah. is this is this must be like a hard root beer bottle caps root beer wow it does have a distinct root beer flavor yeah it, it does i mean the flavor yeah. is, this is not bad no it's not it's not i don't off-putting. get an awkward aftertaste mm-hmm. i get basically just a little bit it's like a water that's like it's like you had a root beer from a fountain and then you let the ice melt in a little yeah. too much yeah do you, do you get yeah it, it is a little uh, diluted. It's a little watered down yeah. do, do you get any alcohol in this at all when you said that i got just a hint but it's you don't taste it much i mean i got on the back end, I got just a hint of something, but not. Maybe there's a slight bitter on the back end, but yeah. not in a bad way, really. It's a, this is actually pretty drinkable. Well, let me reveal to you the big reveal for the beverage of mystery. You gentlemen are drinking Kraken and cola ah, from Kraken a can. And cola. So I was no a, root beer in. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. It's actually cola. And now when you taste it, you'll kind of get the cola. So I um, smelled cola but, first, and then mm-hmm. you guys kept saying root beer, and then I tasted root beer. Yeah, see, I, I don't know. I, I so, smelled root beer. So uh, and you know what it is, though? I bet it's the spice in the rum right. plus the cola making yes. it taste more like a yes. oh, root beer I will beer just me. mention that you know we're, we're big fans <clears throat> of rum at my house, and for a very long time, the sort of daily go-to was Kraken spiced rum. It's pretty good. Kraken and Doctor Pepper, all by Pepper himself. Well, and that's the thing. It's magical. Kraken and Doctor Pepper, or even Diet Doctor Pepper, is wonderful. However, even though this is this can is five percent alcohol by volume, the thing this is missing to me is when I made Kraken and Diet Doctor Pepper. There was a whole lot more cracking involved, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and exactly. a whole lot yeah. less of the of the soda. But I will say, I I recall very fondly one weekend where we drank Kraken and Diet Dr Pepper like all weekend. <laughs> I recall it fondly, but I don't recall a lot about it. <laughs> it was it was just, but but no, it was it's a lot of fun, and and this makes me want to go back and do because I haven't yeah. had Kraken and Dr Pepper in a while. But uh, but rum and cola. Is a very kind of normal drink, and this uh-huh. is this is uh, spiced rum and cola. I would just go for a lot more rum and a lot less cola, which I understand would make it more expensive. Yeah. These come in a, a four pack, I think. So. Okay, how this much is, is a four this pack? This is drinkable though. This yeah. tastes okay. A uh, four pack is like uh, eight or eleven, oh, eleven dollars, uh, okay. something yeah. like that. That's yeah. yeah. You know, I this is something that if I was on the go somewhere and I was out somewhere and I wanted to have take some drinks in the cooler or something, I mean, I could see this being one because you it's, know what? it's not bad for you know if you're what this on the is go. also not it's not sickly sweet yeah right. no it's absolutely. not it's not so sweet that you're like ah it's not any sweeter than a cola yes. yeah would be yes. it's yeah. actually a little less i think Maybe it's so. a little yeah. watered down yeah and i actually prefer this overall uh, I, think. I would say that if i were at you know somebody's backyard barbecue 
Yes. And saw this in the ice, and it looked super cold. Yeah, 100%. I would, yeah. I would totally I, I'd, go for I'd, one I'd of these. One Definitely. Up. Yeah. Definitely. I, I'm, I'm kind of digging it, as a matter of fact. Yeah. kind of digging and it. And coming in at 5%, that's easy to gauge because that's beer percentage. So right, this, right. One yeah. of these is like one beer. It's like a point. Pilsner or a Fairly yeah. Light right, Ale. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that's uh, that's a winner. I would, I would drink this floating on a river. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, you had that enormous cigar and uh, and uh, yes. uh, some barley wine this sitting would, in the cooler I would, I would beside tell you, This would go pretty darn well with a cigar. Yeah, I think yeah. I think it would. Well, now I've always thought that just Dr Pepper itself or Diet Dr Pepper, which is what I prefer, yeah. goes pretty well with, with a cigar. cigar. And generally speaking, almost all rum goes well with the cigar. Yes. So it kind of stands huh. to yeah. reason that this would work well. Yeah. With a cigar, but, but for canned cocktails, that's one of the best. I just, yeah, I do want to say, good job, Kraken, because this is one of the most drinkable canned cocktails. hundred percent. Yeah, and, and we've been trying a lot of them. Yeah. for the beverages of mystery. Yeah, and uh, and this one, yeah, this one kind of rises to the top. If yeah. You will. Yep. Yeah. At least to the at least to the upper upper level. Yeah. So, all right, a lot to do on today's show. In addition to uh, sampling the beers that we uh, that I mentioned, oh, I, I didn't get into the spirit. By the way, look at this baby. This is a Don Camilo. Now you're getting spiritual on us. Lovely yep. bottle. Don Camilo uh, Añejo This is a tequila. very austere bottle. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, we will be trying that, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, plus, we we did our big show about uh, the top cigars of the year last year, and we n- never got to one of the lists. <laughs> so we'll try to get to that today. Plus, the drunkest fans of the NFL and a, uh, a little bit of... Uh, uh, you know, a little bit of a note about some cigars to watch for. Lots to share with you. Lots to sample on the program today. And I'm sure Ian's got something uh, very interesting to tell us about in terms of what he had to smoke this week. So we'll get to that when we return. You are watching and listening to Smoking and Toasting. It is show number 369, halfway to 400. And we'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, Good stuff. and hand-rolled cigars. We will get to all of those things before the program is done today. But uh, I wanted to just you know mention that my friend and, and co-host here, Ian, is a very talented man. I mean, he does a number of things. He builds custom guitars. Mm-hmm. Uh, he teaches guitar. And he also plays guitar. Mm-hmm. If you were to rate yourself as a guitarist, do you think you're pretty good you think you're great you think you're not that great what, what how would you i'm where a professional between, sir where do between pete townsend and keith richards do you put yourself <laughs> <laughs> okay well i'm what i'm wondering is are you a good enough guitar player to get a free beer from a vending machine in new zealand i don't know what that means a new zealand craft brewery has invented a device that awards free beer if it deems a guitarist's skills are good enough. We mentioned this last week, but I never got to the story. Uh, I mean, I, I will break that machine. <laughs> Panhead, Panhead Custom Ales, based in Wellington, New Zealand, has called the custom-made vending machine Slay to Pay. <laughs> and it uses AI fingerprinting technology to rate guitarists' ability. It's essentially, they say, a souped-up guitar hero for adults. Uh, and they uh, told the publication known as The Drinks Business, as far as we know, this is a first-of-its-kind machine with some pretty cool new tech and the best kind of reward for being willing to give it a go. Uh, that sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. Machine is the perfect combination of a couple of our favorite things, of course, 
cold beer, and really loud music. Uh, we give it uh, their first run, uh, the company said, at the uh, Panhead Rolling Stone Music Awards. And it turns out it's pretty ruthless. It rejected some of the best guitarists in the country. Whoa. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, I, I would love – see, this is why – you know, maybe the virtual reality headsets and stuff will will be able to add to this. Uh, but what this is sort of the interface bit. though? Is it an actual guitar? I, I do, it's I probably one of those it like guitar say. hero if things it's like a guitar or something hero, like let me, that. Let me explain a little thing. But that, those are just buttons that people don't always talk about with the guitar hero thing. Because yeah. I, you know, I was I was teaching guitar through that era of guitar hero, and lots <laughs> of people picked up guitar because they got good at guitar hero. Yeah, and then they got heartbroken because once they realized that. When just because you're good at Guitar Hero doesn't make you good doesn't at mean you're going yeah. to be good at guitar. Yeah, it makes you good at Guitar Hero. Right. You see what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. practicing Guitar Hero is not like practicing guitar. No. But no, if you win a beer each time, that's pretty good for the company because you got to think by the fourth or fifth time you're playing, you're yeah, probably you're, you're getting a little worse. You're, not, you're getting yeah. yeah, you're getting worse as you're going probably. So you know. Uh, so Ian, I don't know. Do we? You think we have time to do unless, your cigar unless you review? have my superpower where the more yeah. I drink, well, exactly. unless they're Ian. Yeah. <laughs> I love that superpower. Unless I care what you think about. What I play. I am a guitar um, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I picked up a uh, Rocky Patel DBS today. Oh, nice. This is the double broadleaf selection mm -hmm. from Rocky Patel. I think it's one of their more pricey cigars. Comes in at $20. Mm. Uh, this is the Robusto coming in five and a half by 50 ring gauge. Wrapper is Mexican San Andreas. Uh, binder is Nicaraguan, USA, uh, Pennsylvania broadleaf. The filler is uh, Honduras and Nicaragua broadleaf. Um, the appearance on this espresso brown, oily, veiny, rustic, leathery two bands plus a footer. It's beautiful. Yeah. Rocky's um, getting really into yeah, putting Rocky's, a lot of bands on his Rocky's uh, uh, bands cigars. are beautiful, right? The prelate sniff on this uh, rich earth and mocha followed by coffee. Prelate draw. I used a punch, had a light draw to it. Sweet coffee bomb. Fruit cake is what I got on there as well. The initial light, I got a Nicaraguan pepper breeze. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Massive plumes of rich smoke, tangy leather all coming in on the uh, initial light. The first third of this, uh, sweet raw sugar, coffee, leather, bitter chocolate, all backed by underlying pepper and dark fruit. Retrohale is peppery and sweet with cedar, solid ash, perfect burn. Second third of this, woody and nutty notes, interplay with earthy and spicy flavors as complex as the foundation for the dark fruit as as a complex foundation for the dark fruit and bitter chocolate, retrohale is sweet cedar, chocolate and pepper, solid ash, perfect burn. The last third on is sweet, spicy, and complex, a slight savory note, mm -hmm. and a bit more pepper finish out the experience. Retrohale is sweet cedar, malt, pepper, solid ash, perfect burn. Solid five at $20 for at price $20. to quality. Unbelievable wow. guitar. All right. We're going to talk more about that Cigar, when we come back. guitar. Yes. Uh, we'll talk more about that when we come back. It's Smoking the Dust. back my friends it's smoking and toasting our show is all about craft beer fine spirits and hand-rolled cigars and you were describing the rocky patel dbs which i have also had uh one of those and i've only had one but boy was it a great smoke it's expensive yeah it's, it's expensive but every penny of that twenty dollars it's know, a great cigar in a time when you know you can get really good cigars in the eight to twelve dollar range and there are some really spectacular cigars that are between, say, 13 and 20. Um, to really be able to say, this is a $20 cigar and it was worth it. This goes this goes know. up on my list with the uh, Placencia Almaforte. Oh. Um, 
coming and, in around the same price point. Everything. It's so good. So and good. the uh, Andalusian Bull. Andalusian the, yeah, Bull, yeah. 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 It's really good so, stuff, So, so good. Really good stuff. Well, I had one that was not quite that expensive this week, but I want to be able to tell you a little bit about it. Um, I smoked the Room 101 Johnny Tobacconaut. Robusto. And Johnny Tobacconaut, as you can see from the band in the pictures that Adam will uh, will post up here, Johnny Tobacconaut's a pretty cool looking little astronaut oh, yeah. dude just, just <laughs> strutting down the uh, side of the moon or wherever he is. Um, uh, so first of all, I swear to you guys that I did not do this on purpose. I bought this Room 101 cigar from the humidor at Specs in Midtown Houston because I love the little astronaut guy, Johnny Tobacconaut on the band. And it was from Room 101. I like trying Matt Booth's different blends. Mm -hmm. And the Johnny Tobacconaut was new to me, so it seemed like a cool idea. Turns out they've put it out before in other blends, but they've been very limited. This is a general release blend of the Johnny Tobacconaut. Uh, anyway, seemed like a cool idea. Once I got ready to smoke it, yeah, I went online to find out what kind of tobacco was used in the cigar. It doesn't say, obviously, on the uh, band. And it was then that I saw that Matt Booth who Ian and I both met, really nice guy, had tapped some guy named A.J. Fernandez to do this blend for him. <laughs> I swear I didn't know. This dude is ubiquitous in the guitar world. You know, the next time we run into A.J., yeah. which has happened before, yes. he's going to be just gravitationally pulled to you. Oh, I'm yeah. going to be pulled to him. It's yeah. like, like one, the, one or the yeah, other. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, I'll be in his orbit like the moon. Um, uh, he's so ubiquitous in the cigar world now that it reminds me of the, the Roy Kent chant in Ted Lasso. He's here. He's there. He's every effing where. Uh, and that's kind of like what it seems like with A.J. to me. The Johnny Tobacconaut uses an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper. Uh, with binder from Mexico, I believe it's San Andres, and an all Nicaraguan fillers. So it mm. appeared, just from its looks, like this might be a little bit on the mild side. Light brown, smooth wrapper, barely visible veins, a well-done cap, pre-light sniff, uh, and the cold draw were grassy with a note of creamy whole milk and a hint of sweetness. Not on the lips, but more in the middle of the palate. Mm. Uh, so I lit it up. And I got a nice sort of a miniature version of a Nicaraguan pepper blast right off the bat, uh, kind of like a mini-me NPB. <laughs> and as a side note, whatever happened to the whole mini-me trend? Remember that, like, back in the 90s and late 90s and early 2000s, where lots of celebrities would have a little person in their camp? Remember that? <laughs> Vern Troyer was a huge small celebrity after playing mini-me in the Austin yeah, Powers yeah, movies. Yeah. You may remember that, right? And remember... Kid Rock had that guy Joe C, who was a little person. Oh, yeah. He's a part of his posse. And yeah. Joe C would stalk the stage and look tough and hype up the crowd while Kid Rock was performing. Geez, you know, the further I get past the 90s, the more I'm starting to realize that that decade kind of sucked too. But didn't they both pass away? <laughs> I think like, they did. I think they both passed away. I know, passed away I know too. Vern I think Troyer that's where did. They went. Yeah. Yeah, I know I Vern think Troyer Joe did. C did too. Yeah, I think the 90s may have kind of sucked too. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> but that's not important right now. Uh, so, black pepper. First note after lighting the uh, Johnny Tobacconaut. And the next thing I picked up was almost a toasted marshmallow vibe. Uh, creamy, uh, but with a pleasant little bit of char. And after the mini-me NPB, the cigar kind of settled into a sort of mild plus strength, uh, which would gradually build as it smoked. Uh, second third uh, was more mysterious with flavors intertwining and then sometimes even disappearing before I could fully identify them. Uh, two things grew gradually as I went the complexity, and the strength. 
By halfway point, I had already pegged it as medium-bodied and was picking up everything from cake batter to toasted almonds, all of which would come and go, only to be replaced by lemon zest or loamy earth or another uh, another sort of note. The final third evolved to an almost medium full, maybe just a tick below that. The cigar stayed creamy throughout, even though the pepper remained prominent. Uh, burn was not razor straight, but definitely not a problem. No touch-ups were needed. The best thing I can share about the Johnny Tobacconaut from uh, Matt Booth in Room 101, with a little help from AJ, is that it's really best described as a smoking journey. Don't light one of these up while you're playing around to golf or walking the dog. Smoke this one when you can sit down, maybe pair it with a rum or a bourbon, and let the cigar take you on a flavor journey. That sounds... A little overly dramatic. Sorry, I was, but I was a little late on that. I should have been like. <laughs> Let the cigar take you on a flavor journey. He looks like he's going on a journey, That's right? That's Johnny Tobacco I mean, Johnny Tobacco yeah, looks like go. he's going on a journey. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> uh, well done, guys. The Johnny Tobacco Robusto, despite being a little on the small side, is a 9 to $10 cigar. Guess what? It's worth it and more. Price to quality, I will go to a 6 Wow, nice. Johnny Tobacco And I will definitely Price to quality scale is a scale of 1 to 10 for those of you just joining mm-hmm. us. And um, 5 means you get exactly what you paid for. Right, your- so when you give a 20 cigar... A $20 cigar of five, like you did oh, earlier. You're getting a $20 every wow. bit. That of means it. you're getting every bit of that money's yeah. worth out. This one, at, uh, uh, you know, <clears throat> at, at its price, even though it's a little small, it smoked for a reasonably long time, and I thought it overperformed its price. So, That's nice. So, very nice. All right. So, let's see how Paradigm uh, Brewing from Tomball, Texas, performs with their Moro. It is a Pilsner with blood orange flavor. And the mm. only thing that scares me about this, and I haven't tried it, is they use the word flavor. <laughs> if it just said Pilsner with blood orange, I would I would be like, oh, uh, but flavor worries me a little bit. But I haven't tried it Without yet, the so. word natural in front of it, that's... Or, uh... yeah, yeah, you know, but even High C has Moro 10% is a winter citrus juice. forward lager brewed with American two-row malt and sweet orange peel. Um, this brew is hopped in the grape with, with the grapefruit-like hop Comet, uh, fermented on 13.2 pounds of blood orange puree per barrel. This crisp, dry, and tart lager will please any palate. Get it while you can. So it re- at least it's real blood orange. Yeah. It's not like they opened up the vat and squirted a bottle of blood orange flavor. <laughs> a blood orange-shaped plastic yeah. bottle. <laughs> exactly. That sits yeah. in your fridge. No, no. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting because my first sip of this, I didn't know exactly what I was getting into. On the nose, it smells kind of like fruity beer. Yeah, um, agreed. It's not. Yeah. It's not... A whole lot on the nose, and I took my first sip, and it was a little tart, and it took me back a second. Then my second sip, I went, "Oh, I get it now." Well, and you know, blood by orange. By the third sip, I'm really enjoying this actually. So, blood orange. If I'm going to eat an orange, if I'm going to peel and eat an orange, it is definitely not going to be a blood orange. They're they're too tart. The two not, yeah, not tart, tart in a in a lime kind of way, but tart in an almost bitter sort of way. Almost a grapefruity kind of right. Tartness. But they do impart a very interesting flavor when used in things. And I get that sort of bitter blood orange on the finish of this, for sure. And and it's not unpleasant. It's not. This wouldn't be a go-to beer for me, but I sort of like it. No, this is a nice change. Um, I actually like it. The more, the more sips I take of this, the more I actually like the beer. It's an interesting thing. Because at lot first of beers sip, are I, was like like, I was like, well, I wasn't sure. No, it's good. 
The beers are like that from the guitar vending machine, too. The, the more of them you have, not only the more do you like them, but the better you play. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Right. yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. Mm. Mm. It's kind of like one of those apps that you buy and you're like breeze or, or that you don't buy that you download for free from the app store and it's a game and you're breezing through it. And you're like, this is so much fun. Oh, now I got to add coins to my uh, uh, to my stash if I'm going to play any further. Now I got to buy a game I wouldn't have bought at nine ninety nine. Now I got to buy nine ninety nine worth of That's right. coins yeah. to keep playing. Yeah. So, um, or you plateau. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I I enjoy this as as a change up, and I really I really want to say hats off to Paradigm for being bold enough to do this because yes. this is not a Sort of a mainstream. Uh, this is definitely one no. that that rounds out it their like, uh, their uh, portfolio. It seems like what they're doing, though, after seeing some of their um, after seeing some of their uh, uh, their uh, their beers coming out, is that they're taking their lager and they're trying or lager pilsner style beers, mm-hmm. and they're trying to do some different things. Just give them some flavors and have a little fun with them, right? Which is really interesting because. You find that happens a lot more to ales than it does to lagers and pilsers, mm-hmm. so it's nice to see them getting this well, creative. You know, so I, they they make a coconut one, a coconut version. It's mm-hmm. a um, pilsner uh, or lager with coconut. I actually like that one a little better than I like this one. This one's nice, um, and like I said, it took a minute to kind of get it, and once I get it, I like it, but. I don't know that I reach for this one a whole bunch, but I do like the coconut one. And they, I love that they try different things. Absolutely. I'm sure someone else out there is going to absolutely love this, too. This is one of those beers that if I were at the brewery, it would look really interesting, and I would order one, and I would really enjoy it, but then I would order something else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it, But but those beers need to be around, too. Like but I, every, love, I love that for the experience of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about the shelf life of liquor. Um, <clears throat> obviously... Liquor doesn't last long on the shelf if it's something that we really, really love. <laughs> but I don't know about you, but I've got bottles in my bar that I've had for quite a while. Oh, yeah. And they've still got some left in I, them. You know, to my shame, I've had some bottles on my shelf that I've like, man, I'll drink that at a special occasion. And then I go yeah. to open it years later and the cork just breaks or crumbles. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I hate that. I hate that. And and there are, there are other reasons, uh, according to people who know about liquor, and the uh, website liquor.com, which I recommend, is a very good one. Uh, here's a few fast facts about the shelf life of liquor. First of all, unopened liquor of all kinds will generally keep indefinitely if it's stored yeah. properly. Yeah. So, so store out of direct sunlight, of course, tightly sealed in a stable room temperature environment. Once opened, distilled spirits like whiskey and gin won't expire or become unsafe to consume, but they may start to taste a little off after one to three years. Mm-hmm. Liqueurs opened will usually last six months to one year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And vermouth and other wine-based spirits like vino amari should be refrigerated and consumed within six to eight weeks. Mm. So uh, this is what why, and I think Chris Morris may have talked to us about this once when yeah. he was on, uh, that why uh, I gave up on trying to use vermouth uh, in uh, martinis, uh, you know, a little splash of vermouth, 
because it just didn't seem to taste that good. And he explained to me my vermouth was too old, and it was. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I just had it. You know, I bought it, I'd opened it, I yeah. used it, and you only use it a little bit. And then stick it on so. your shelf, and then it's not refrigerated, and it's sitting there right. way too long. Exactly. Otherwise. So now what I do, by the way, for, <clears throat> for vermouth in martinis is uh, my specs has these olives that are pimento olives, nice-sized pimento olives, in vermouth, and they're in a sealed mm, jar. Brilliant! And so what nice. I do is I open up the jar, I use those for the uh, for the martini, and then maybe just do a couple drops uh, in in the glass of the vermouth from brilliant. from the juice from there. Yeah. And we'll we do martinis often enough that we'll use that up before it becomes um, you know. Bad, bad, yeah. Mm. So anyway, we'll talk a little bit more about this as the uh, as the program continues. But distilled spirits and li- liquors are relatively uh, stable uh, products. I will admit, though, I've got some. I got a couple of whiskeys. They've got just a little bit left in the bottle, and I just kind of don't want to end them, so I'm saving them. <laughs> and I really have probably had them for too long. Yeah, you know. So this and my wife will be thrilled to hear this because she gets really excited when I kill a bottle. Is the bottle kill? Because uh, because that uh, creates more room in the bar. We're always, you know, trying to figure out where to, to where to put things because I'll come home with something new or whatever. Like recently came home with this bottle of Don Camilo tequila añejo, which I'm really excited about our trying this uh, <laughs> later on. Uh, but uh, the factors to keep in mind, they say, if you want to maximize your enjoyment of your bottles at home, are light, heat, and oxygen. To combat those flavors, proper storage is crucial to extending the life of any bottle of alcohol, whether it is opened or unopened. Air is the uh, culprit, basically. Yeah. And so that adds further credence to the fact that if I've only got a little bit of whiskey left in the bottom of the bottle. Yeah. There's an awful lot There's of air. There's an awful lot of air in that bottle. Yeah, yeah. so it, uh, it, it has to I, be I've gone stuff. through, and in the last uh, just little bit, I've gone through and kind of, you know, those have been there too long. Because I did the same thing. Don't want to end the bottle, but I'm like, you know what? Let's just move them. Yeah. Move them on. Yeah. So general shelf life rules, again, just to review. Unopened liquor, you're fine as long as you store it properly. Once it's open, distilled spirits like whiskey, gin, um, uh, rum, won't expire or become bad for you. They just simply will lose the a little of their flavor. Insane, yeah, right. it'll be a little off after uh, one to three years. Liqueurs, you got six months to a year. And vermouth and other wine-based spirits, say, uh, yeah, six to eight weeks. And I don't know about you, but I, I, if I open up like a bottle of red wine, don't drink it all. If I don't drink it the next day. Yeah, it's pretty much done. It's pretty much done for me. I so. mean, I'll taste it like in a couple days. You use I'll it for taste cooking. it and be like, eh. Yeah. You use it for cooking. Yeah, there's that. Yeah, there's that. But uh, uh, anyway, that's uh, so that's the basics of it. You can find out more at liquor.com, which we recommend as a great website to uh, peruse at your convenience anyway, because it's quite good. All right, we have more to taste here on the program. We have drinking news coming up here on the program, and we're going to tell you about some cigars to watch for coming up. It's Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Ian, it looked like that can of uh, Prairie Artisan Ales Lemon Slice had hypnotized you there for a moment. You, you were. It's, uh, it's fascinating, the artwork on this. Yeah. yeah they always have very, it's, it's, very odd and interesting artwork, and it's always kind of small. Lemon Slice is basically a, a roller skate. Yeah. A quad for Cause, those. Because that's a, sli- a slice is a roller skating term, right? 
Right, and then and then it's got all these roller derby people like <clears throat> doing stuff on there. It's pretty fun. Well, uh, thought I'd tell you about some cigars to watch for while Ian is pouring the lemon slice, and uh, so I had to search far and wide, but I have found a few things that I can report to you that do not involve AJ Fernandez. Um, <laughs> so uh, uh, this one does, though, involve another giant of the cigar blending industry, Jose Pepin Garcia. Of my ah, father's cigars, and another one, Pete Johnson of Tatuaje. Right, they are selling uh, celebrating two decades of a fruitful relationship with a quartet of limited edition and considerably expensive cigars called La Unión, which is Spanish for the Unión or the Union. Oh, I was going to say, sounds kind of like onion, but yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, the their wor- onion. Their, their working relationship began, which doesn't sound like a very good cigar, <laughs> by the way. Uh, their working relationship began back in 2003 uh, when Pepin Garcia, who was born in Houston, immigrated to the United States and established his first cigar factory, El Rey de los Habanos, in Miami's Little Havana district. Uh, that same year, Garcia met Johnson at an event and from there uh, became uh, Garcia's first private level client private label client, I should say. Uh, from that union, we've seen many popular cigar brands, and this one will no likely become uh, highly sought after as well. Four blends were created, two by each cigar maker. So it's not a collaboration on four, but they each did two. Nice. Uh, each is available in only one Vitola, and they will be packaged in two different box sets that are distinguished by red or black exteriors. Inside each box is one blend by Johnson, and one blend by Pepin Garcia, ah. and each one has its own distinctive uh, wrapper. So this is something you're wanna, uh, gonna want to look for. However, these cigars are gonna set you back a pretty penny, sixty-five dollars per cigar. Ooh, per cigar. Ouch. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot. Wow. That's a lot. And I'll also tell you about Crowned Heads, the well-respected cigar company based out of Nashville. They're adding a darker iteration of the Mildias brand called Mildias Maduro. And uh, Mildias translates to 1,000 days. It was first first released back in 2020, which you remember was like the height of the pandemic. Uh, And it was named uh, after the amount of time that it allegedly took them. Uh, to get the blend just right. So it took them a 1,000 days, in other words. Uh, the new line's expected uh, to begin shipping to retailers as we speak. Uh, it carries the Mildias name, but there's more to the new cigar than just a new cover leaf. The entire blend has changed. The original line's an Ecuadorian Habana wrapper, Nicaraguan binders and fillers from Costa Rica, Nicaragua, and Peru. But this Maduro line is made using a dark Connecticut broadleaf wrapper atop an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper and all Nicaraguan fillers grown in Jalapa, Condega, and Ometepe. Uh, three sizes it will be available in, and they will be price-ranged from ten ninety-five to twelve ninety-five. I'm totally each. trying one of those. Yeah. And remember Tiamo cigars? <clears throat> uh, well, uh, Altadis USA is attempting a comeback of this once popular brand. Uh, it kind of fell off in the last 20 years, and many shops don't even carry them anymore. Uh, they removed the hyphen, so instead of T-Amo, it's just T-Amo. And uh, it, just a space between them, and the cigars are still blended in Mexico. And even though, <coughs> excuse me, even though the blend itself is all Mexican tobacco, the varietals have changed. And Rafael Nadal, who's the vice president of product capability uh, for Altadas, says the wrapper is not the same as the original. This is a Habano seed grown in Mexico in the valley. The price is not the same as the original either. Uh, it's going to sell for nine forty three to eleven fifty two mm. per cigar. So to me, this will be the the challenge: Will people pay premium or super premium cigar prices for something that's named Tiamo? 
Yeah, because Tiamo was a budget-friendly yeah, cigar. Absolutely. So remains to be seen. we got just a moment left in this uh, segment, but I wondered if you'd tasted the lemon slice. No, I haven't, but it smells lemony. Mm-hmm. Oh, it sure does. I-, I hope it's not the lemon mm-hmm. pledge lemon mm-hmm. and more like the lemon slice lemon. But I absolutely love wow. this. Wow, this is amazing. It really I, is. I love this. This is like the best lemonade I've ever had. This, wow. Uh, so you know how <laughs> the, the, the you get that feeling like right uh, back here yes. when you like suck yep. on a lemon wedge? I just got the exact exactly same yes. uh, yeah. response from this. This, no, is, this is like this is like when you get lemonade that's fresh squeezed mm-hmm. and it's not super sweet and it's like right. just barely enough. Yeah, it hasn't been hadn't had a whole bunch of sugar this uh, dumped is into fantastic. it. Fantastic. Yeah. It really is. And it it just tastes I mean they call it lemon slice, and that is absolutely the right way to describe it because it tastes just like you took a slice of lemon and just started kind of sucking it. And yeah, sour and I ale like doing with that. lemon zest, I lemon have... juice, and vanilla. It is outstanding. It's got the punch of a Sour Patch Kid. What are these guys at Prairie Artisan Ales doing? They're out oh, of their minds. So good. It really is. You, you think about that uh, – that that one that we had that was so incredible recently that you went out and bought more of the yeah. uh, oh, uh, the super pistache the, yeah the super yeah. pistache this is just as good but in a very different way this, very different. and it leaves your mouth just watering wanting more we'll be back with hour two as uh, hopefully you want more too it's smoking and toasting we'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are so glad to have you here for Hour 2 of the program. We are uh, uh, coming to you from our studios in Houston, Texas, uh, where next week, by the way, we will be joined by uh, the uh, brewmaster from the award-winning True Anomaly Brewing. When I say award-winning, they've been named uh, Best Texas Brewery for the second Texas Brewery of the Year for the second, second year in year a row. Running, yeah. yeah, very excited about having Michael on. He's a friend of the show already, uh, but just to just to be able to have him on, drink some of his beers, uh, it's going to be a fun show next week. I'm looking Heck forward yeah. to that. Yeah, very very cool. Um, at being a, a major uh, NFL uh, fan myself, it's it's the only. I mean, I'll watch basketball, watch baseball, but NFL, uh, other than just my home team, is it's the only time I really like follow a sport. And uh, so with it being in uh, the off season now. It's uh, it's kind of like Sunday withdrawals for me. I don't have those. Uh, I don't have those <laughs> Sundays games to are free. Watch. What so, do I do with my Sunday? So uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you come over and mow my lawn. Okay, I'll, I'll be right over. I have a good uh, lawnmower cigar I can bring with me too. There you go. Um, but but one of the things that uh, I've done is done some reading on the NFL and and you know seeing how I think my favorite teams are going to do next year. And I stumbled across this one from the New York Post. It is a uh, a a. An article titled, I'm going to read you the actual headline, These Are the Drunkest Fans in the NFL. (laughs) And I have to say, I guessed totally wrong when I looked at the article. I guessed I'm guessing Ohio, Cleveland. Yeah, you would would think, wouldn't you? I would even think, you know, maybe Dallas, because like Dallas Cowboy fans are like completely out of their minds. And then I got, no, 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 it'd be Philly. Because I lived in Philly, <laughs> and people there are freaking nuts. They're just absolutely that out of their mind. That makes sense. That makes sense. They, they drink a lot of straub and yingling there. Yeah, I th- and and mm. yeah, exactly. Philly and Chicago makes sense. And then I think, well, you know what? They drink a lot. Like when I lived in Boston, 
You drink a lot in Boston, too. Uh-huh. They've got a lot of great breweries up there. And, by the way, you go to those games and it's so freaking cold, the outdoor stadium. Uh-huh. And, you know. And then I thought, oh, no, Buffalo, New York, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, That's yeah. got to be it because you got to be nuts to go <laughs> to any of their games after September because it's so freaking cold outside. Well, the drunkest... Fans in the NFL. Is there a little map on there? The uh, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. I love the, it. The the uh, the fans that seem to drink the most. Number one on the list. Never would have guessed this. The Tennessee Titans. <laughs> <laughs> no one would have guessed that. No. One. How do they? How do they judge this? So, um, I mean, we, I don't know. They, Is they, that one of those states where you can buy liquor in the? You know, convenience store when you want. I, I think I think it may be. I, it's been a long time since I've been to Tennessee. Like that, yeah. You know? yeah, I can see that. They did it to answer your question, Terry, uh, by charting the average blood alcohol content on game day, and according to Backtrack, B A C T R A C K, which posted yeah, these it. findings on X, uh, <laughs> the average blood alcohol. Content of a Tennessee Titans fan on game day was zero point nine three percent, and that finishes them at the. Is this top. like people that get pulled over after the game? The top. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how they do this. You know these. The, I, I love lists, but I think yeah. some of the uh, uh, you know, sometimes some of the criteria may be a little. Low. Rounding out the top five, Tennessee Titans number one, Pittsburgh Steelers number two. Now I can okay. kind of okay. I'm gonna yeah. see yeah. that. Yeah, Indianapolis Colts number three. Huh. Apparently. The Indianapolis Colts used to be really low on the list, but after Peyton Manning left and they've failed to replace him at quarterback, the drinking level has gone Gone. way up. Uh, (laughs) The Atlanta Falcons are number four and at number five, and I get this one, the New Orleans Saints. In fact, those guys probably should be number one because everything's bigger in Louisiana when you're talking about liquor. The most sober fans, counting from the fifth uh, uh, fifth most sober all the way down to the very bottom. Number five, Los Angeles Chargers. Huh. Uh, number four, as we go down in, in, in go down towards I thought, sobriety. I thought, I thought California knew how to party. Yeah, yeah that's what I've what I've heard. Uh, Baltimore Ravens uh, are fourth from the bottom, and I got to tell you, I've been to Baltimore Radio, Ravens games <laughs> in their stadium, and I would dispute that just on you know <laughs> visual evidence. <laughs> but I digress. New York Giants <clears throat> are third from the bottom. The Washington Commanders are second from the bottom, and it's probably because they've just given up. You know, there's no reason to go to <laughs> like the game. There's no one showing we can't up and drink yeah, through this yeah. anymore. And the most sober, and this shocked me, Kansas City Chiefs. I was going to say, the where did they fall? The winners of the Super Bowl wow. are the most sober fans. Wow. And I, and I just I didn't get that at all because you know their fans are pretty nuts too. I mean, if you if you are rooting for a team who's playing them, and it's in Kansas City, your quarterback can't hear anything yeah. on third down. I mean, just like it, it, the place is just nuts. Wow. So apparently this them being the lowest on the uh, most drunken list has not been at all impacted by Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. So uh, there's there's that. So anyway, I just thought it was an interesting list. I don't know that I agree with it, although I will say uh, this photo – of a Tennessee Titans fan at a game. Uh, which camera should I show this to? Uh, uh, so this photo of a Tennessee <laughs> Titans fan at a game does kind of add some credence to them being at the top of the list. I'm just saying. That you, know, guy. you know, that whole, that, that guy started off that morning with, 
dude, you know it'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you know what? That guy, that guy probably goes to every single one oh, of those yeah. games oh, fully totally. decked out <laughs> like hoping, that. He just has, hoping that he'll be uh, recognized yeah, by the camera. He has the, the he has the makeup of Peter Chris or Paul Stanley yeah, in his yeah. bathroom to do. Well, that. if he wants to be on the <laughs> camera that much, he just needs to like. Dressed like Taylor Swift. I, I true, <laughs> true. They'll show they'll show him more than they will the game. I, I will say, I, I mean, I am a fan, and I really do this enjoy NFL football. But my fandom has limits to it. It's kind of like I'm also a big fan of Star Trek, right? And I, but I've always described my fandom this way: I'll go to the convention. But I will not wear the pointed ears. You're not. You're not going to speak Klingon. That's you see. That's where it stops. No, no Klingon was spoken at my. Are you wedding. a fan of the Galaxy Quest movie? Oh yeah. And there's, <laughs> so there's, by the way, there's a great documentary out about the the Galaxy I Quest. I heard movie. about that. I haven't yeah, watched. Really? Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. But I've read great things about it. So looking forward to to trying that. I'll just put on my Vulcan ears and and. and <laughs> Yeah, watch it You're in, in, in style. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I, I've told this story, I think, on the, the show before. Prosper. But I was in Vegas uh, uh, back. I was staying at the Hilton back when they had a Star Trek themed part of their casino, and it was it was actually very cool. I enjoyed it. But they had a Star Trek ride, one of those motion simulator rides. Oh, yeah. It was very cool, and it dumped you out in the gift shop uh, when you were done. Of course, of course. it did. So, yeah. so I went on the ride as you would expect, and uh, and I came out in the gift shop, and there was a. a a sign saying that the actor who played Tuvok, the Vulcan, on Star Trek Voyager was going to be playing that night in the bar there with his band. And the bar was named Quark's Bar after the bar in Deep Space Nine. And they had some Star Trek-themed uh, drinks and stuff. But other than that, it was a pretty normal bar with a little stage and a, a, a seating area. So I thought, oh, that's interesting, and then thought nothing of it until I came back to the casino that night and was headed back to the elevators, was walking through the Star Trek area, heard a band playing, and I thought, oh, let me just like stick my head in and, and see if he's any good. And there he was, Tim Russ, the actor's name, played Tuvok on on uh, Star Trek Voyager. He was playing with a three or four piece jazz band. They were actually pretty good. I believe he was playing bass. They're actually kind of doing their thing. And I thought, oh, that's cool. Like he's actually a pretty good musician. And then I looked out at the audience. At least half of them in Klingon outfits and stuff, you know, <laughs> tapping along, nodding along. And I thought, oh, this poor bastard. I feel so bad. I mean, his, he, they probably practice. I mean, jazz is not easy, right? Yeah, well, he's, yeah. he's, he's, they're probably practiced and gotten really proficient. So people will take him seriously as a musician. And the guy in the front row just watching him and cheering him on in is Klingon. doing so in Klingon. <laughs> in Klingon. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. <laughs> Enough of that. Let's taste some tequila. Or um, have you already beaten me to it? Keep tasting, you mean? Yes, yes. You'll notice, by the way, I didn't leave anything to chance. No, no, I yeah. So so that's that's very kind of you because like clearing the plastic off the top of this to mm -hmm. make sure that uh like there's no plastic cuts when mm -hmm. I'm trying to peel it. Mm -hmm. And then clearing the neck of the bottle is essential because then there's less spillage overall. Right, right. Now we have paper towels here, but so far today. <clears throat> that's right, but we haven't had to knock use on wood, we haven't had to use that. because of the precautions that you took. With, yeah, that's, with, this with, could be a no paper open. towel show. So uh um, so Don so Camilo, talk to me, Goose. So what do you think? First off, um so first off, the nose on this is peppery, it's uh, it's uh, agave, and it's vanilla, and it's delicious smelling. Mm -hmm. The bottle is awesome, by the way. 
Yes. I'm fascinated by it because there's just you know how sometimes when they're doing the glass, they let enough air in there to make like tiny bubbles. <laughs> right. It looks like a constellation in there. It's pretty awesome. Love that. Um, but uh, oh, then it's absolutely outrageous on the tongue. Like today is like the best day for drinks. Yeah, it's it's been a good one, and I wasn't real sure about mm. you know the the lemon slice and yeah. the uh, uh, the blood orange beer. Uh, I get. I like the tequila a lot because I get tons of vanilla, and that is one of my tons favorite. Tons of vanilla and yeah, and, one of my favorite notes. And pepper. I get the on pepper. The, I after get the, the vanilla too. Yeah, I so, get the pepper. So good. Yeah. Mm. So good. Yeah. This would go. This makes me want to have like a, an aroma to Cuba. Oh yeah. Yeah. Something nice and big. Beefy, cigar wise, big yeah. Cigar, yeah, to go with this. That would be great. Um, it's it's so good. There's a little uh, like a raw cane sugar. Kind mm-hmm. of feel to it there as is, well just towards a little the bit. end of it, and but it's sort oak. of it's sort of balanced, counterbalanced by the pepper, right? And then the oak uh, that lingers long afterwards is really nice. Yeah, I am uh, I am pretty impressed with uh, with this particular tequila. It's always so hard for me to read, uh, but it says it's aged for at least twelve months in uh, ex bourbon barrels. Mm-hmm. So that's a uh, that's a, a pretty good yeah. uh, a pretty good combination for a good añejo tequila but at least 12 months is um is is for a tequila that's a pretty long time because tequila doesn't age normally nearly as long as some yeah. of the other spirits so so on here it says <clears throat> uh, gentle aromas of roasted agave and oak the taste is very smooth subtle chocolate and oak notes are dominant i don't get a lot of chocolate from from my palate but I think you I know get the oak aftertaste now. is long and strong i can go with that don camilo is one of the best known Flagship tequilas of Fabrica de Tequila Finos. Um, it's good. It's it's delicious. I do get a little chocolate in there. I do. It's around the middle of the palate, but the finish is where you get both pepper and uh, the vanilla. Yeah, and I that's think the what chocolate, I appreciate the, the chocolate most. thing that um, that you guys are tasting and they're talking about. I think I'm picking up as a like that kind of raw sugar kind of mm-hmm. thing. It's really good, though. It's yeah, nice. it's really good. It's about a $60 bottle, if I recall. Uh, so it's not, um, you know, on the super premium side, but it's also not inexpensive. So, mm-hmm. you know, to me, anytime you venture above the 30 to $40 range, you know, you can raise your expectations a little. Mm-hmm. And I think this tequila meets it, you know. it's. Uh, I don't like it as well as I like a Reserva de la Familia, but that's a $130, mm-hmm. $140 bottle. So uh, at its price, I think it performs real well. Yeah. I also good. like the fact that the front and the back of the bottle both have a little. Yeah, yeah it's kind of cool. You, you have a little uh, <laughs> less chance of getting confused. I think uh, as much as I like the bottle, and I agree with you, I think it's a fairly low-key kind of bottle. Like, it didn't necessarily very, uh, jump out at me from the uh, from the shelf, you know? No, but, like, the little details with the little uh, air bubbles in there is very fascinating to look at when you're looking at it up close. And by the way. It's not flashy. I didn't spring for them, but they have... An extra añejo that's more than a hundred dollars bottle. Oh, I think yeah. one seems like a hundred eleven or hundred fifteen, something like that, um, which looked very interesting. But not having tried any Don Camilo, I thought, yeah, we're not going to spend a hundred just yet. Right. Uh, we'll uh, we'll have to try some of their lesser expensive spirits, and then maybe we'll splurge at some point. But uh, I'd say this one is a big thumbs up. Yeah, I, big I thumbs dig up. It. Yeah. I dig it. All right, we're going to keep sipping this while we take a break. We will be back only moments away, my friends, from drinking news. It's smoking toast. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting, or as we like to say, Smoking and Toasting. 
because that sounds cooler. I love uh, those things. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We're trying a lot of those things on the program. We have more to come. Uh, but you know what What often happens to us here on the show is that our appetite uh, our, our appetite is uh, bigger than our stomachs, you could say. Or, <laughs> or our appetite for things we want to share with you is larger than the time that we have allotted for the show. So often I'll tell you on today's show we're going to do this and this and this, and we only get to the first one. Right, right. Uh, so I want to rectify that wrong because last week's uh, show was all about bringing you these lists of uh, that come out at the end of the year and the beginning of the year of different publications naming their cigars of the year. And Cigar Journal, which is a website I really like, um, they name in theirs, they specify the top 25 new cigars of 2023. So they aren't just ones that they reviewed in 2023, but ones that were new. And I thought this list was interesting enough to give it a go. And there are several cigars on here, a number of them I have not tried, and they are going on my I'm looking for you uh, list. And that is true of number five. It is the Lionel Rare Dior Robusto. It's their number 25 cigar. It uh, looks absolutely delicious in the photo, and I've never seen it, so i got to find one of those. Uh, at number 24, Aganorsa Leaf Anniversario. Mm, uh, Maduro, that. Gran Robusto. Love me some Aganorsa Leaf. Mm-hmm. At number 23 is the Artista Midnight Robusto. I have never seen the cigar in the store. Uh, and maybe you have it you know, where you guys are, but I have never seen mm-hmm. it. So Artista, Midnight Robusto, in at number 23. The Gurkha Ghost Connecticut Asura uh, comes in at number 22. Okay, the Ghost has been around for quite a while. Right, apparently it's this particular blend, yeah. the Connecticut Asura. Uh, they say it draws magnificent, magnificent, magnificently. That's easy for you to say. Yeah. <laughs> and it presents the fine sweetness of honey over a delicate uh, cedar and earth flavors. Uh, they also say it delivers subtle pepper spiciness and the spice of nutmeg and cloves. And I'd be happy with it being a Gurkha if it just doesn't explode on you when you uh, when you <laughs> smoke it. So uh, at number twenty one, the There's Casa that. Casa nineteen ten. Sol Dadera Edition La Cornella, another cigar I am I not at, at all. all familiar with. At number 20 is The K by Karen Berger, 25th anniversary by A.J. Fernandez uh, Toro. This is a great-looking cigar. I've read about this cigar. I've not smoked one of these, but certainly I would try it, and then I would review it, and you guys would go, A.J., again? Seriously? You're, you're seriously doing that? Uh, a lot of cigars on this list, though, that I've not had. Number 19, The Confidencial, that's with two A's. 56, it's a Grand Toro. The Chateau Diadem Conviction Robusto at number 18. Haven't had that. The Villager 1888 Nicaragua Coronita at number 17. I've not had that Villager. Uh, And then United Cigars Maduro Toro, which United Cigars, their logo on the band looks like a Captain America shield from the (laughs) old school uh, cap. The Christoph Signature Series 2023 Enter Tobacco Exclusive Toro is number 15. The Aladino Super. Sumatra limited edition yes. Toro is number 14. At 13 is the Accomplice 10th anniversary de Siena. Uh At number 12 is the Flor de Selva Maduro Toro. Again, so many cigars. A bunch of these I don't know. I've at never, all, yeah. not only never smoked, but never even seen. The West Tampa Tobacco Company White Toro is number 11 on their list. 
The Eladios Original Blend Toro is number 10. That's pretty high I've, for I've it. And Eladios. Uh, the Florida Copan Gran Reserva 20, uh, 20 Anniversario Rosas is number nine on the list. At eight, Oscar Valadares 10th Anniversary Toro. I think you've smoked yes, that one, haven't you? Yes. I think you've re reviewed it. I mean, if it at, says Oscar Valadares, you know I'm going to buy it. At number seven, here's a cigar I've had, the A.J. Fernandez New World Dorado Robusto. Oh, yes. And it does <clears throat> deserve to be on this list. It was released last year, and it's fantastic. Number six, the Davidoff Year of the Dragon Double Corona. Number five, the Placencia Almaforte Eduardo. So yes, good. great cigar. At number four, the Rocky Patel Disciple so good. Robusto. A fantastic cigar. At three, the League of Nevada Unico Siri Year of the Rabbit. At number two, the J.C. Newman El Baton Bellicoso. And their number one. one cigar, the E.P. Carrillo Allegiance Confidant. Ah, uh, Allegiance uh, is so yeah, good. So, so, all right, we made it through the list. Now I didn't leave you hanging. Uh, look at uh, CigarJournal.com where you'll find this list and a whole bunch of cigars I bet you'll want to try that you haven't had. We'll be right back at Smoking and Toasting. Back at Smoking and Justin. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. We certainly and are enjoying this tequila. Some fine spirit here, aren't we, <laughs> yeah. sir? This is wonderful. It really is. Like this is a uh, maybe one of my favorites of the tequilas we've had uh, recently on the show. And uh, of course, with me being such a tequila it's, fan, it's we do have them from time to time. Uh, but mm, yes, it's good. Mm. Just a little of that puts me right in the mood. For drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking <laughs> news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, all. Thanks to Keegan Lucas, our uh, guest catered to the vet commentator today. <laughs> well, it, welcome to Drinking News number 369. Now, Drinking News, as those of you who are not quite as familiar with our show uh, may not know, is uh, a portion of the show where we bring you a story that may or may not be about drinking. Often it is, but not always. Uh, but it is always a story that's best enjoyed if you've been drinking. And that will really help today because today's drinking news comes with a content warning. We are going to report a criminal act by a very strange man that is, for lack of a gentler way to put it, absolutely disgusting. No. Now. <laughs> Disgustingly criminal acts? Now, I'm a big believer in personal freedoms. And that goes all the way to kinky stuff in the bedroom, if that's what you're into. <laughs> I mean, if you're a person who doesn't get turned on unless your partner wears a mascot costume and does the Macarena, as far as I'm concerned, that's your business, right? I certainly don't want to see it. But if if that's what churns your butter, then it's, it's more power a, to you. It's not a mascot costume. It's a luchador outfit. Oh, okay. Well, thank you, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> but people. Sometimes a man must wear stretchy pants. Keep that stretchy wacky pants. stuff to yourself. We don't need to know that you're turned on by turtles, which is called chalanophilia. Why is there a what? name for that? 
or by giant teddy bears, which is Ursus agomatophilia, or Why is it that such you, a difficult name? Or that you have climacophilia, which means you get turned on by watching someone fall down a flight of stairs. <laughs> how, do you, how do you even know that about yourself? Do it again. As long please. as you keep that stuff to yourself. <laughs> that was hot. In, yeah. in private. Okay. That was hot. Listen, <laughs> as long as you keep that stuff to yourself in private with a consenting and apparently in some cases rather clumsy adult, it's all good. But if your kink involves doing something that leaves evidence behind to intentionally gross out other people, then we are going to have a problem. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no bueno. <clears throat> and that is most definitely the case with our story today. It's the tale of a Texas man. Do we have Texas man themed? Texas man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you. A little, little more, little more a little swing country and western yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, our, our Texas man, who I'm stunned to report, is uncomfortably close to where both Ian and I live. Oh, no. <laughs> yep. His name is Mitchell Cooper Vest. He's 60 years old. He's 6'6 and 250 pounds. And he's known. That, that's a big old country boy. For wearing a kilt. Now, look, if wearing a kilt makes you happy, or if you're Scottish and you consider it a part of your heritage, knock yourself out. I Breezy. mean, please wear something underneath the skirt <laughs> in case of a strong wind. But again, if that's your thing, then you do you, okay? The problem with our Texas man is that he doesn't just wear the kilt. He apparently wears it to antique stores in the nearby community of Spring, Texas. Oh, no. And proceeds to do something pretty disgusting. Now, it's not what you're probably thinking. Tries out the tea kettles? He doesn't expose himself exactly. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. But it's not exactly exposing yourself. According to police, Mr. Vest has the habit of going into shops taking various items from the shelf and shoving them up his rectum. Oh. Oh, I don't know but what to say with that. it gets even worse. How? After, he, after he's done that, I'll tell you how. Because after he's done that, he returns the items to the shelf. <laughs> Cops say that the what? Texas man... It what? seems like this should end up in the emergency room at some point. Yeah. I, uh... <laughs> Cops say that the Texas man entered the Antique Gallery of Houston, which is not in Houston, it's in spring, and placed a makeup brush and a restoration hardware piece, that is in quotes, by the way, restoration hardware piece, into his anus before returning the merchandise. At a coffee table. Valued at $130 to its original place on the shelf. Slow down, Turbo. Um... The, the real question is, how do you? How do, I, I was just trying to wrap my head around this. How do you even find out that this is what you like to do? Yeah, you, you know, exploration, I mean, just trying out different yeah, things. Like question. if you figure out, like you know, if you saw someone fall down the stairs, you're like, oh, suddenly I'm a little turned on. Yeah. I, I guess there's there's a way that you can find that out about yourself. I guess, but how does this one like? I how do you? Did y'all ever see the History of the World movie, uh, History Brooks, World? But yeah, yeah there was sure. the King Caesar. It was Dom DeLuise and everything. He would say, "Wash this." <laughs> it just came out of his butt. <laughs> Wash this. <laughs> well, our man apparently didn't even. Our Texas man apparently didn't 
didn't only not wash these things. He returned them to the shelf, and then he apparently showed up at the Curiosity Shop, which is located inside an antique mall. The shop's, the shop's owner, Alicia Osborne, told police, and by the way, no relation to Ozzy, uh, told police that Vest <laughs> took an antique bottle opener and a tobacco tent can, total value $74, and put them up his butt under his green kilt before also returning those items. These sound like they the could shelf. be sharp, too. In both instances, the Somebody's merchandise- Somebody's watching him. How weird is that? In both instances, the merchandise that was, uh, well, let's just say handled by Vest had to be thrown away because, well, I'll just let you guys fill in the blank on that part yourself. Or at least steeply discounted. The (laughs) The kilt wearing Texas man was arrested and charged for those incidents earlier this month. This is all true, by the way. Uh, And uh, could be facing jail time for his uh, insertion infractions. Slightly used, His 95% off. Backdoor shenanigans. <laughs> and by the way, he's not just some homeless dude in a skirt that wandered in off the street. Vest reportedly owns a home that's worth more than half a million dollars in a cushy nearby neighborhood called the Woodlands. <laughs> so, the life lesson from our story today appears to be... wow. That if you're in an antique shop in a Houston suburb and you see a guy in a kilt shopping around... Maybe don't touch anything on the shelves. Or at the very least, wear gloves, for God's sake. Don't follow that guy. Now, stories like this one, I understand, can really affect you. In my case in particular, uh, particular, I've actually been once again inspired to put my feelings into verse. I just just have to tell you, this story kind of makes my brown eye blue. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's a very good one, and I didn't Thank come you, up with Cheech. that one at all. <laughs> Thank you, Cheech. <laughs> Yo, actually, equal thanks to uh, thanks to uh, Cheech and to uh, what was her name with the super long hair, uh, uh, the country singer, uh, uh, Linda Linda Rostad. No, 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 no. Uh, don't make my brown eyes blue. It wasn't Jesse Coulter? Was it was Crystal Gale. Crystal, Crystal Gale, Gale. That's Thank right. You. She had the super long hair. All remember? I can think here is Will Ferrell with my Crystal Gale T-shirt. <laughs> Well, stories like this one can really affect you, and in my case in particular, I have actually been inspired to put my feelings into verse. And I know you will probably live a full and happy life without ever knowing what I have written. But I feel compelled to share this poem that I've written with you, if you'll indulge me for just a moment. I hope that it moves you the way that it moved me. And it goes a little something like this. A Texas man now is infamous. We are sickened, and how could you blame us? With his strange fetish fail, if he's now sent to jail, he'll find more than a brush in his anus. (laughs) (laughs) That definitely moved me. I I definitely had some sort of movement, I guess. Some sort of movement. Reporting live from Old Town Spring where there's no way. Somewhere deep inside something was No way I'm touching that antique miniature rolling pin I just saw. Uh, My name is Cruz. That's way too obvious. That, my friends, is your... Drinking news. Drinking news. That's our time. Drinking news. The only problem with a story like that is... How do you follow it up next week?
<laughs> you know, the, I think the the real thing is is that you know usually drinking news is is you know something crazy that happens and it's usually far away. It's in Florida. Yeah, it's yeah, in no, California. This, this, this one, was that's, that's way too close to home. home. Yeah, way yeah. too close to we home just for what was did happening. A show in spring. Yes, I know. I know. Way too close. And, and I believe we were only steps from an antique store. Yes. Steps from an yes. antique yes. store. Yes. Yeah. So, oh man, that was uh, that was a, that was a fun show. And uh, that he could have been would analyzing the situation. <laughs> while we were there. <laughs> yeah, and I will tell you, I'm not at all interested in his analysis. So, uh, uh, wow. All right, so Ian, we are here with our final beer of the show. It is from Sierra Nevada. It is their Bigfoot oh. Barley Wine Style Ale 2024. They do a different one of these every year. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm already worried because I'm afraid this is not going to live up to your barley wine standards. But this is not a barley wine in a, you know, 30 or 40 or $50 single bottle. This is a barley wine that you can buy a six-pack This pack is a of. barley wine style ale. Mm-hmm. So considering that you can buy a six-pack of this for, you know, $13 okay. or something, uh, give me your thoughts. Uh, I, I'm not a big fan of it. Really, it's too way too hoppy. Mm. Hey, come on! I want a barley wine to be sticky and ridiculous. This okay. is way too hoppy. All right, so there's no reason for that, man. Let me just ask you that's this: like, that's like that's like you know finding a hair in the potato salad or something. So let me ask you this, though, in defense of Sierra Nevada, suppose the word barley wine did not appear on this, and it was just a 2024 Bigfoot ale. <clears throat> Would you have a different feeling about it if it if you weren't expecting? I don't, I, so it's so it's so bitter. Yes, um, it's big and it's bitter and it's not my favorite style of thing. But it's way bitter. Um, it is pretty bitter. Way it's better. pretty bitter. And, and 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 I hate that they put barley wine on it because. Well, I guess it's an American style barley wine, but it's just. Well, you've been pretty clear on the show before yeah. that you really really don't prefer the American style barley wine has a tendency to be more carbonated. It has a tendency to be more hopped and uh, a little less with just the, you know, the, the barley wines that you like are really sticky and this is not, yeah. yeah, not describable as sticky in the least. But, uh, but that said, I, I don't think it's bad. It's harsh. Well, it is bitter, but <laughs> so, but yeah. so is a good ESB. You know, yes, but that's a different kind of bitter. And ESB does not leave that resinous piney. So you're saying this is bitter, thing. like kind of like when your girlfriend cheats on you, bitter. You know, this is yeah. This <laughs> is like this is like when you walk in the room, you're like, I mean, two of you, <laughs> <laughs> because it's just unexpected. Like you know, you, it says barley wine. So it's like when you go to pick up a uh, when you go to pick up your your Dr Pepper and it's a Sprite and just like what is going on here? Well, we've had some very interesting beers today. If you think about it, the uh, Moro Pilsner with blood orange was very interesting Pilsner. We had the uh, lemon slice, the sour ale with lemon zest from uh, Prairie Artisan and Ales. It was really really kind of knocked us all yeah. out for a loop a little bit. Just with I liked that how much it was like a lemon slice. Um, but but this one doesn't float your boat. Huh? I don't like this one. All right, that's fair enough. Not I was all enough. excited to bring you a barley wine today. <laughs> <laughs> I love barley wines, but not that, that that's way too American style, barley wine style. Uh, too much style? Too much. What's the best? What does it say here? I'll put you on the spot. What's the best barley wine you've ever had? Um, 
so one of my favorites that I used to get all the time was made by a flying dog. They used to make one called Horn Dog Barley Wine. And you know, flying dogs uh, file for bankruptcy. Yeah, so. and they're gone, and their barley yeah. wine's gone. I mean, but that's just an example. You could buy it in a four pack all day long, years ago, and then it evaporated. Just not a popular style, but I just think. This is like it's got a lot of malt to it, but the hop intensity is just it's through the roof, and it's it's too much. I think for the style of beer, it's too much for my palate. I'm not I'm not really happy with it. Yeah, I'm not. I don't I don't mind huge hop intensity. I, I like stone ales and things mm -hmm. like that. But that's that the whole beer profile is different. This to me tastes like a mismatch. And you you feel like you you'd have thought that even if it didn't say barley wine on the bottle. Yes, if you handed me this beer. And I had no idea what it was. I would say it tastes like Bigfoot. Okay. Well, that would have been accurate because Bigfoot. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break. We'll be back to wrap up the show. Um, uh, you know, I'm still going to keep drinking this. I don't think it's. I don't think it's that bad. Uh, I was trying. I'm putting mine down. Doesn't sound like a ringing endorsement, by the way. You know but, what I uh, do like, though. Yeah. That tequila. This All tequila. Right, <laughs> then let's have some more of that, and we'll be right back Mas to say tequila. goodbye. It's smoking and toasting. I want to say that's just wrong. This old 1876 pencil smells like ass. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> 1876 pencil? What are you talking about? Welcome back. It's Smoking and Dustin. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. So, so what have we learned on today's show? Well, we've learned that Ian does not like American barley hey, wines. Don't be sad. Because yeah. two out of three ain't bad. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> uh, we've learned that the uh, Prairie Arts and Ales uh, Lemon Slice is a uniquely wonderful, <laughs> really, really bizarre, wonderful good. beer. And we uh, certainly have learned that this Don Camilo um, uh, tequila is a delicious and worthwhile It is both endeavor. drinkable and re-drinkable. And then, of course, we've learned that... Uh, one should take care when shopping for antiques in the suburbs <laughs> of Houston, such Texas. Such a bizarrely <laughs> specific kink. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I guess most. And what's funny is that there seem to be names for all of these very specific. Turned on by turtles, really? There's a name for that's, that. That's a weird one. Yeah, and and what is it about turtles exactly? Right? It can't be their speed, <laughs> grace, and elegance. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Um, but but as we you know we want to learn to be inclusive and accept people no matter what your kinks are just don't practice them in front of us and particularly don't return those items to the shelf. Yeah, you That's need to I'm own saying. your own antiques, buddy. Yeah, right. At your exactly. own house. Yeah, and then you can do whatever you like with them. That's Unfortunately, I'm, I'm willing to bet that the public side of that is probably a, a part of that particular kink. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. And, and the danger of being caught. Unfortunately. Oh, yes. by the way, he got caught. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. that's that's a good thing. Yes, that is a good thing. It shows that at least at times our justice system actually works. And can you imagine being the officers that had to go there and it'd be like uh Hey, you know what? I tell you what, I'm going to arrest him and you grab all the evidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of like, a, yeah, yeah. That's like, you know, it, it's it's a dirty job, but somebody's got to do it, right? You know, <laughs> I'm just saying. 
I'm just saying. Uh, this this string of news story may have lingered into the next segment longer than any we've ever done before. <laughs> and I don't know that that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, remnants of the last segment still showing up in this segment. But uh, have to flush twice. Uh, yes. We but we have this learned one will some... go down in the annals of uh, yeah. drinking news history <laughs> as one of the darkest uh, and deepest. It, stories it, is it a good show if you crack yourself up a lot during the show <laughs> is that is that is that a barometer by which we can yeah, measure exactly. whether it was a good show or not uh, uh guys S-T i want to see at rfcmedia.com yeah <laughs> snt at rfcmedia.com if you'd like to comment on this we'd love uh, to hear from you. Uh, and and if you've ever shopped at an antique store in Spring, Texas and found something suspicious, we'd like to know that yeah. as well. So uh, that's just how we are. You realize I have to come a up with piece a of corn on this one. I have to come up with a drinking news story to top Mr. that one next week. Hanky how are you going to do <laughs> How are we going to do that exactly? Uh, well, good luck. That's on you. <laughs> <laughs> I think our new intro for drinking news is going to be Howdy Ho. Sometimes Sometimes he's nutty. Sometimes he's corny. He can be brown or greenish brown. You know, as 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 as, as grownups, uh, potty humor is just not supposed to be as funny, right? Not supposed to be. Not that is the key phrase. That is the key phrase. So, I've noticed, by the way, that the drinking news stories that seem to get the the largest response have a tendency to veer into this territory. You know? Yeah. It's uh. Yeah, why I have, you, I have, I have more, more puns to go, but I'm gonna why, leave them. Why, why <laughs> do you Why do you like smoking and toasting? Is it the insightful cigar reviews? <laughs> is it their uh, Is it their way that they break down the uh, notes and the different flavors <laughs> and the beer and in the tequila and uh, Not, no butt it, stories? It's butt stories. It's basically just yep. butt stories. Uh, so uh, this this shows us how far we've come and how far we've totally not <laughs> gone. That's all I'm saying to you. So, all right. Uh, Sorry for falling into that, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I, I think I think we're allowed every once in a while, and this would be one of those extreme. Uh, uh, situations, if you know what I'm saying. Thank you to everybody for uh, listening to the show and being a part of it for this week. Thanks to Adam in the Sky, our producer, to Terry, our engineering producer in the studio, to my co-host, Ian. Uh, my name is Cruz. Coming up next week, as we mentioned, Michael Duckworth of the award-winning True Anomaly Brewing Company will be here. He will bring his beers. I'm already excited because he's bringing True Anomaly beers because, dude, I don't know if they've ever made one that they wasn't outstanding. Great beers, they yes. really do, and that's that's how you get you know an award like uh, um, Texas Brewery of the Year two years in a row, and they deserve it. So we're very excited about that, and we'll see you all here next week as we'll have uh, you know more spirits as well, more uh, cigar news and reviews, and of course more drinking news. <laughs> have a great week, cheers, my friends, y'all. and as we like to say, yeah, cheers, cheers y'all. y'all. Yeah, you never listen to what anybody else say